Chapter Two, Part One of the Black Box by E. Phillips Oppenheim. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Apartment House Mystery, Part One. This habit of becoming late for breakfast, Lady Ashley remarked, as she set down the coffee pot, is growing upon your father. Ella glanced up from a pile of correspondence through which she had been looking a little negligently. "'When he comes,' she said, "'I shall tell him what Clyde says in his new play, "'that unpunctuality for breakfast "'and over-punctuality for dinner "'are two of the signs of advancing age.' "'I shouldn't,' her mother advised. "'He hates anything that sounds like an epigram. "'And I noticed that he avoided any allusion "'to his birthday last month. Any news, dear? None at all, mother. My correspondence is just the usual sort of rubbish. Invitations and gossip. Such a lot of invitations, by the by. At your age, Lady Ashley declared, that is the sort of correspondence which you should find interesting. Ella shook her head. She was a very beautiful young woman, but her expression was a little more serious than her twenty-two years warranted. "'You know I am not like that, mother,' she protested. "'I have found one thing in life which interests me more than all this frivolous business of amusing oneself. I shall never be happy—not really happy—until I have settled down to study hard. My music is really the only part of life which absolutely appeals to me.' Lady Ashley sighed. "'It seems so unnecessary,' she murmured. "'Since Esther was married, you are practically an only daughter. You are quite well off, and there are so many young men who want to marry you.' Ella laughed gaily. "'That sort of thing may come later on, mother,' she declared. "'I suppose I am only human like the rest of us. But to me, the greatest thing in the whole world just now is music.' my music. It is a little wonderful, isn't it, to have a gift, a real gift, and to know of it? Oh, why doesn't Delaray make up his mind and let Father know as he promised? Here comes Daddy, Mum. Bother. He's going to shoot, and I'd hoped he'd played golf with me. Lord Ashley, who had stepped through some French windows at the farther end of the terrace, paused for a few minutes to look around him. There was certainly some excuse for his momentary absorption. The morning, although it was late September, was perfectly fine and warm. The cattle in the park which surrounded the house were already gathered under the trees. In the far distance the stubble fields stretched like patches of gold to the ridges of pine-topped hills, and beyond to the distant sea. The breakfast-table at which his wife and daughter were seated was arranged on the broad grey stone terrace, and, as he slowly approached, it seemed like an oasis of flowers and fruit and silver. A footman stood discreetly in the background. Half a dozen dogs of various breeds came trotting forward to meet him. His wife, still beautiful notwithstanding her forty-five years, had turned her pleasant face towards him, and Ella, whom a great many society papers had singled out 
as being one of the most beautiful debutantes of the season, was welcoming him with her usual lazy but wholly good-humored smile. "'Daddy, your habits are getting positively disgraceful,' she exclaimed. "'Mother and I have nearly finished, and our share of the post-bag is most uninteresting. Please come and sit down. Tell us where you are going to shoot, and whether you've had any letters this morning.' Lord Ashley loitered for a moment to raise the covers from the dishes upon a side-table. Afterwards, he seated himself in the chair which the servant was holding for him. "'I'm going out for an hour or two with Fitzgerald,' he announced. "'Partridges are scarcely worth shooting yet, but he has arranged a few drives over the hills. As for my being late, well, that has something to do with you, young lady.' Ella looked at him with sudden seriousness in her great eyes. "'Daddy, you've heard something?' Lord Ashley pulled a bundle of letters from his pocket. I have, he admitted. Quick, Ella begged, tell us about it. Don't sit there, Dad, looking so stolid. Can't you see I'm dying to hear? Quick, please. Her father smiled, glanced for a moment at the plate, which had been passed to him from the side table, approved of it, and stretched out his hand for his cup. I heard this morning, he said, from your friend Delaray. He went into the matter very fully. You shall read his letter presently. The sum and substance of it all, however, is that for the first year of your musical training, he advises. Where do you think? Dresden, Lady Ashley suggested. Munich, Paris, Ella put in breathlessly. All wrong, Lord Ashley declared. New York. There was a momentary silence. Ella's eyes were sparkling. Her mother's face had fallen. "'New York,' Ella murmured. "'There is wonderful music there, and Mr. Delaray knows it so well.' Lord Ashley nodded portentously. "'I have not finished yet. Mr. Delaray wound up his letter by promising to cable me his final decision in the course of a few days. This cablegram, he went on, drawing a little slip of blue paper from his pocket, was brought to me this morning while I was shaving. I found it a most inconvenient time as the lather. "'Oh, bother the lather, father!' Ella exclaimed. "'Read the cablegram, or let me.' Her father smoothed it out before him and read. "'To Lord Ashley, Hamblin House, Dorset, England. I find a magnificent program arranged for at Metropolitan Opera House this year. I have taken a box for your daughter, engaged the best professor in the world, and secured an apartment at the Leland, our most select and comfortable residential hotels. Understand your brother is still in South America, returning early spring, but we'll do our best to make your daughter's year of study as pleasant as possible. Advise her, sail on Saturday, by Mauritania. On Saturday? Ella almost screamed. New York, Lady Ashley murmured disconsolately. How impossible, George. Her husband handed over the letter and cablegram, which Ella at once pounced upon. He then unfolded the local newspaper and proceeded to make an excellent breakfast. When he had quite finished, he lit a cigarette and rose a little abruptly to his feet 
as a car glided out of the stable yard and slowly approached the front door. I shall now, he said, leave you to talk over and discuss this matter for the rest of the day. I believe you said, dear, he added, turning to his wife, that we are dining alone tonight. Quite alone, George, Lady Ashley admitted. We were to have gone to Annerley Castle, but the Duke is laid up somewhere in Scotland. I remember her husband assented. Very well, then. At dinner time tonight, you can tell me your decision, or rather, we will discuss it together. James, he added, turning to the footman. Tell Robert I want my sixteen-bore guns put in the car, and tell him to be very careful about the cartridges. He disappeared through the French windows. Lady Ashley was studying the letter stretched out before her, her brows a little knitted, her expression distressed. Ella had turned and was looking out westward across the park towards the sea. For a moment she dreamed of all the wonderful things that lay on the other side of that silver streak. She saw inside the crowded opera house. She felt the tense hush, the thrill of excitement. She heard the low sobbing of the violins. She saw the stage setting. She heard the low notes of music creeping and growing till every pulse in her body thrilled with her one great enthusiasm. When she turned back to the table, her eyes were bright and there was a little flush upon her cheeks. "'You're not sorry, Mother,' she exclaimed. "'Not really, dear,' Lady Ashley answered resignedly. End of Part 1 of Chapter 2